Hello, you are listening to the Health Disparities Podcast for Movement is Life, conversations about health disparities with people who are working to eliminate them. I'm Dr. Rose Gonzalez, and today I'm discussing health disparities with Doreen Johnson, a nurse educator involved with professional development and a member of the National Association of Orthopedic Nurses. Hello, uh, Doreen. How are you? I'm good. How are you today? Great. Thank you for joining me today. Very glad to be here. So I know you're a nurse and a nurse educator, so tell me a little bit about yourself, your background, and then some of the work that you do. Yes, I am in professional development, like you said, and my main role is to orient nurses that come to the hospital to learn how to take care of patients with musculoskeletal anomalies. Uh, Osteoarthritis is a very, very big part of what I teach, and I teach actually the whole orthopedic curriculum uh, to the nurses when they come to the hospital for training. This includes bedside practice, as well as education. And with the education piece, we talk about many of the things that movement is life really focuses on to break the vicious cycle that we all know about. Comorbid conditions such as diabetes, hypertension, are some, some of the diseases that we actually see in orthopedic patients. And although our nurses are very, very focused on the orthopedic problem, I make sure that they understand that we need to look at the other uh, comorbid conditions that they they have, the patients may have as well, osteoporosis, cardiac disease, inability. And so that has to become some of their education. uh, While the patient is in the hospital. Now, are these nursing students or individuals who have completed their education and going into practice? So I actually teach both. I teach nursing students uh, and I teach professional nurses that are already licensed. Um, They could be novice nurses as new grads coming in to work in the hospital, or they could be experienced nurses that come either with or without orthopedic uh, education or experience at the bedside. With the student nurses, I introduce orthopedics to their curriculum so that they understand that we're looking at the whole patient, not just the total joint um, or the spine anomaly or surgery, but some of their other um, education deficits, um, community involvement or lack of uh, family support or lack of uh, their need to uh, reach out to their uh, primary care physicians when many of them don't. So it depends. And certain hospitals have the resources, and then some of the other hospitals that I teach in don't have the resources. So that gives me a broad variety of patient types to interact with. So you you teaching the nurses to, let's say the patient comes in for a procedure or whatever care, um, because of musculoskeletal anomaly, and you teach them to look beyond that, and then they are to look at their patients and help them to better understand? Is that? Absolutely, yes. Um, we also can involve other um, 
people in the medical team to collaborate. Could be the case manager, could be a nurse practitioner, could be a specialty physician. Um, If we can get that collaborated with the attending physician, uh, that would be great if we do that before they go home, and we do try to do that. Now, now, are you seeing more patients coming in with um, musculoskeletal disorders? Then, I do. Are you seeing a rise? And you, as you, you know, are teaching the nurses, and you're meeting the patients coming to the institutions. You know, are you seeing that there's kind of an increase in the past few years, or has it stabilized, or is it, you know, so what are you seeing? Interesting question, and we have seen an increase, and I think a lot of it has to do um, with the younger person today being so active in sports, sports in the community, sports in the school, um, so that they are doing what you call the overuse syndrome, Uh, and maybe tearing a meniscus or tearing a a a ACL ligament Um, so that sports injuries also play a very very big part of the stabilization of a joint. And uh, their future with eventually having early osteoarthritis. So there's a big piece of education that goes in um, to the younger population and their families and their parents. And so that, in addition to the baby boomers, who are also very, very active, um, has increased the amount of musculoskeletal patients that come in for surgery. So do you see um, patients who are inactive who because of a you know we we now call you know uh sedentary lifestyle equivalent to smoking so are you seeing um more individuals coming in due to a sedentary lifestyle and maybe um negative behaviors of inactivity and possibly overeating and that's another good question because now sitting is the new smoking And so if you're sitting all the time, you, as you know, being a part of movement is life, is really detrimental to the whole body. Um, This whole phenomenon of movement um, brings about a big change um, in the patient's life. And many of the patients, as we know in the vicious cycle, don't move because of their pain. And it, and it really becomes very complex because you have patients that don't want to take medications and then you have those that take a lot of medication uh, and then they, they can't move or they can't work or they have children or grandchildren to care for. So it really becomes a, another social determinant um, piece of that the nurse has to look into and manage and that's when we call for case management or social work to help us as well. Um, 
So um, sounds like you have resources. You know, in, in the old days, <laughs> um, it was the, the bedside nurse who had to do a lot of that intel or maybe work with a social worker to kind of address some of those social determinants to see. Um, but now we have case managers, and that, that does that, do the nurses, um, is there a team approach to the care? Um, and the nurses appreciate the case managers who tend to be nurses too? Yes, they are nurses too, the case. And that wasn't always the case, but now they are. Um, yes, and we do have a interdisciplinary collaborative team. Uh, we meet daily, if not more, and everyone speaks from the pharmacist to the physical therapist to the PA to the nurse, and this collaboration is nurse-driven. So the things that the nurse assesses in that patient can be brought out into the forefront so that the rest of the team um, can work collaboratively with the nurse to solve that problem. Really shines a light on the work that nursing does to improve the patient health and health outcomes, yes, almost in guiding the, the team to look at the whole patient. Which Absolutely. Is, yeah, which Absolutely. Is, sounds Which good. can get lost. Yeah. Um, so the nurse really holds those reins. Pivotal, pivotal in that situation, pivotal. So I know that um, you, a new member to our steering committee, but not foreign to the work that we do. So talk to me about the organization you're representing and and, um, how you believe they're working to address healthcare disparities. I uh, belong to the National Association of Orthopedic Nurses. I've been a member for a very, very long time. I've been on the board of director, on the president of the New York chapter, and so I'm really um, very dedicated to the work that NAON does and brings forward for musculoskeletal um, care, uh, nursing and, and, and patient care. Um, disparities are, has been addressed um, in NAON over many, many years. But I think the education, what I would like to see is the actual education be brought forward uh, to the main group in a Congress, to our main members um, in a Congress setting, um, bring movement is life and the vicious cycle to the forefront of a group of nurses from all over the nation. And um, that would really bring more um, disparities to the forefront. Um, I think sometimes across the country, it's not as evident. And in small towns, maybe they don't have the resources, but movement is life. If you can walk, if you can move, at least you can do that. Go up a flight of stairs, um, walk around the corner, walk to the grocery store. Uh, these are the things that we need to get out in our organization uh, to our members. Yeah, you know, we, we've even um, heard one uh, young woman tell us that uh, when they watch TV, um, because they, they don't live in a safe neighborhood, but when they're watching their programs, 
they get up and march in place or move around during the commercials. That's wonderful. And commercials tend to last now three minutes. I remember the way they were 30-second spots, and they only lasted a minute or so, but now they're like three minutes of uh, commercials before you get to the program. So um, I I think making um, activity or movement... Um, realistic for individuals, whether they have live in unsafe neighborhoods or whether they have city streets and blocks like you do in New York City to walk around, though some areas may not be safe. Mm-hmm. But that's a wonderful thing. And I think, uh, do you think that uh, the Movement is Life Steering Committee can help to bring that education to NAON? to uh, deal with health, more health disparities and become more familiar with disparities, whether they're in rural or urban or black or white. Absolutely. And that's very important, whether it's black or white or Asian or whatever. That's what we need to bring out because Neon is multicultural and people work in very um, multiple diverse areas. And so therefore, um, if bringing movement is life to our membership would be a very um, wonderful um, thing, part of education for our members, because we could do a workshop in addition to a formal podium presentation. Um, And I I would love to be a part of that. Mm -hmm. That sounds um, exciting. Um, and I think something to look forward to and to plant the seed among the leadership, which you, you know, have Absolutely. served in a leadership position. Um, we're talking, we talked a little bit about the vicious cycle and the comorbid conditions leading to it. I know um, you actually come from New York City and... Uh, New York tends to be a more, um, and I, with full disclosure, I was born and raised in New York City, so it's a very um, mobile kind of uh, community where we have lots of sidewalks and city streets to walk. So do you believe that those city dwellers tend to have a more active lifestyle, or do they fall into the same pitfalls as the uh, people in the rural communities, more sedentary? I think, I think it could be both. Um, safety is always a, a big piece, but in addition, it's the number of hours that many people work and the other responsibility, family responsibilities, child care, things like that. I think most of the people in the city, the younger population anyway, would belong to um, a gym and they would do that type of exercise. And then you have the weekend warriors who come out um, after um, the week is done with work and they begin to exercise in your parks. Mm-hmm. Um, Central Park is Central a big Central Park, beautiful. Yes. And um, some of the other neighborhood parks as well. Dog walking is also another big thing you'll see in the city. A lot of people have dogs, and that has gotten a lot of people out that never walked before. And I see people in the street, and they tell me this. You know, I've got this dog, and I'm really walking more, and I'm feeling better. And she'll tell, they, uh, it's really great to hear. So one of the things that also come out of the vicious cycle due to inactivity, obesity, and pain, is that depression that seeps in, that's so so insidious, you know, before you know it has hit you, it's really kind of taken over. 
we saw a huge increase in depression among African-American women who were inactive, obese, and started to become isolation, the isolation that occurs. Do you think there's that, um, and I just lost my train of thought, but do you think that, um, you know, the activity in... um, in movement is life, and and using activity can help to alleviate some of that. I think your question is wonderful because African Americans, for the most part, are very social people, and if they are not able to to be like someone else, go to a party, go to a dinner, go to, out shopping with their friends, because they have pain, they can come, become depressed. Depression is not something that someone is going to say, I am depressed. In the African-American culture, it's frowned upon. You get up, you do what you have to do, and keep it moving. And um, those that are depressed might not admit that they are depressed. Uh, Other family members might think it, see it, um, but it can often be denied. It can often be denied. So that what movement is life is doing and the literature that is put out to, to break the vicious cycle is so important um, to these, this group of people because it tells them that there's help there, mm. that they can find something to help them. Um, pain medications, as we learned earlier today, and I've talk about in my pain management class is that many minorities don't get the same medication that other people get and they're not believed to that they really are in pain females have that same problem they are not believed that they are in pain as much as a male person might or a patient might so this brings about another depression when people are not believed And so what Movement is Life does is say that everyone's issue is equal and is true. And that gives gives them a place to socialize, gives them a place to talk and to be believed. No matter, you know, many patients say, you know, their, their child is busy or their spouse is busy and no one listens to me. But with group activities, walking outside or girl trek or any of those kind of things brings about a level of socialization. But there has to be a point where patients are made to feel comfortable uh, so that they can partake in this activity. We've had actually some success in Movement is Life with a program that we called Operation Change. And um, we're still just starting those programs and really kind of learning as we go along. Um, but we, what we found was that social support in those groups, and we do motivational interviewing, so people, you know, talk about their issues, share their problems, and come to the realization, some of them, oh, I am depressed. Mm-hmm. But that social support that they gain, and that encourages them to move. And amazing, the results show that um, 
their their stiffness is decreased. Mm-hmm. Their yes. joint pain is decreased because yes. they're moving their joints. They're getting up, yes. and that movement alone and that social support. So their depression, they start to realize they have the depression. The depression starts to leave them, yes. and they almost develop an action plan for themselves that they that is not like the doctor coming to you say you're going to do this, but that they say they want for themselves. So. Some of those programs that we're developing through Movement of Life, you know, demonstrate that that social support is key to addressing depression and, it and breaks isolation. The isolation. Absolutely, breaks the isolation. Mm-hmm. So, I want to um, ask you. I, I like to ask you. Um, for our listeners, if you had uh, some healthcare pearls of wisdom to share with our listeners. You know, after talking about musculoskeletal diseases and movement and um, and depression and all those comorbid conditions, if you had some pearls of wisdom from your experience and knowledge base, what would they be? I would say that everyone should pick one person, whether it's a friend or a family member or a colleague who might be suffering with osteoarthritis, who might have pain, who might be isolated, who might have depression, and work with that person continuously to get that person into the realm of movement, uh, medical treatment or workup, dietary consultation, Mm -hmm. the whole realm, 360 degrees, the whole vicious cycle, each element of that cycle could be addressed with Mm one-on-one. And if we go from one person to another person to another person, it will exhibit an element of caring. Mm -hmm. That's what nursing is all about. all about. Caring is also what movement is life is all about. Caring for another person. And that would be something that I think could work. Well, thank you for sharing that with us today. And I thank you for joining us um, on The Movement is Life. Happy to have you and sharing in your expertise and your wisdom. Um, so I'm going to ask our listeners to just check out our website at movementislifecaucus.com and join us and join the nurses that are on the Movement is Life Steering Committee in moving the needle towards health equity in the musculoskeletal arena. Thank you so much. My pleasure.